Welcome to a special After Hours episode of the Sons of Thunder on the Think Podcast. This episode was recorded live late at night and streamed as it happened via the Think Institute Facebook page and YouTube channel. To make sure you never miss any of our epic content to help you answer the impossible questions of life from a biblical perspective, follow the Think Institute on those platforms or just go to thethink.institute. Keep listening until the end of this episode for information about our March 2020 book giveaway. Can you hear me? Yep. Hey, we're live right now. Nice. Well, thanks for the heads up. Uh, I didn't even mean to do it. Courteous of you. <laughs> I don't know how I sound. How do I sound here? Wretched. Ah, you know, so I got cauliflower ear, and this thing is not staying in very well. Ay, ay, ay. Manly, manly cauliflower ear. Well, some of us don't have it, but... <laughs> some of us are... Uh, are don't don't wear, look down on those who don't. They're not less than They're not... Headgear when one is uh, squishy, squishy, girly man or anything like that. Why? I don't know. Why I don't you, know what you. What do you even? What is this? Comparison? This is a conversation. Hold on a second. No, what is this, man? This is not professional. Hey, hey, listen. After hours means that we're gonna be cursing and swearing. What are you talking about, cursing and swearing? After hours means we're gonna really just let them have it. <laughs> yeah. You're gonna is finally that, admit how much you love Trump and stuff, or what? Is this is that all the stuff that you do after hours? So when you hear <laughs> yeah, after true. hours, you're like, oh well, sure, I know what to expect. Yeah, yeah, that's gonna be um, cursing and swearing, <laughs> and then of course loving, professing one political admiration for um, the orange one. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Hey, you got a little Chiron in the bottom there, huh? Oh, Chiron. Is that a Chiron? <laughs> yeah, I think it's a Chiron. Yeah. Uh, well, let's, let's jump in. Let's jump in. What, what's going on here? Listen, um, why don't we go ahead and give the official welcome? Because this is going to be our podcast as well. All right. So, look, um, I've been apprenticing you now for low these, <laughs> yeah, low these many years. Low. <laughs> why don't you uh, go ahead and give us an introduction to? Um, what is this? The handsome brother? What is that nonsense? Oh, you see that? I didn't know. Uh, it's. Uh, I think it suggested that. It's, it, it looked at both of us. That's right. <laughs> uh, congratulations! You're handsome to a machine. You're, you're. That's good. You've roughly got the same sort of shape as a computer screen. Sort of a block. I'll square, take it. You know. Flat square. Yeah. Yeah, I'll take. I'll. I'll, I'll agree with that. Uh, you're handsome to a computer screen. <sighs> All right. So. Um, why don't you, uh, just like I trained you, why yeah. don't you uh, go ahead and introduce the uh, the show and what we're going to be talking about, you little well, coward. I am uh, your host, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the handsome brother, and this is the thought. Oh, wow, I'm not used to this. This is the Sons of Thunder. Uh, oh, my goodness. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about personal identity over time particularly uh do we have it are you you are you the you you were uh four weeks ago are you the you that you were uh in fourth grade maybe you know everything's changed now we're in coronavirus years 
Uh, I don't feel like me anymore. <clears throat> but let's find out. Let's jump in. Yeah, let's yeah. Talk about it. We're gonna see. We're gonna talk about a, a couple different options that we have. And uh, yeah, but that's not all we're talking about, is it? It is. We're gonna talk about that other thing too. Uh, JP. JBP. Oh, yeah, to, his, okay. to his true friend. Are we actually? I I didn't uh, prep on that. I could though. Yeah, prep on it real quick. Here, I'm gonna grab my book. Well, we don't need that. Oh. So, right. I'll give my introduction now because this, will be, this will be the real one. This my belly button. So we are talking about the continuity of mind and personhood. Um, and continuity of and personhood. Here, listen. See if you can spot the the um. See if you can spot the, the common theme here. We're talking about the continuity of the self, the continuity of personhood over time, which is a philosophical question that perplexes many. And we're talking about the continuity between our supposed serotonin-slinging, territorially battling evolutionary ancestors, the lobsters, and our current status as... Uh, as homo sapiens and is there a continuity there and if so does that mean that we should stand up straight with our shoulders back yes that's mm -hmm. right we are going to dig into the first rule of jordan b peterson's book 12 rules for life and that's if we get if we have time so if you have a question about the continuity of the self over time or the continuity of the human species with the lobster uh, and whether we should conform our society to the the ways of the lobster. So specific. If if you're into those two things together in one show, boy, do we have something for you. <laughs> um, or you know what? If you have something else that this is a live show, so literally anything could happen. Literally anything. Any. It's after hours too. It's after hours, so we're gonna have cursing. We're gonna have swearing. <laughs> <laughs> Everything you heathens love. <laughs> Everything that uh, you pseudo. Christian JBP fans love uh, is going to be on the show and you know, drop a comment, leave us, leave us a question right down there in the comment section. We're on both Facebook and the YouTubes right now. So um, yeah, drop a comment and you know what, if you just want to say hi, just let us know you're watching. Let us know that the, um, the camera's working. I can't believe you said handsome brother, dude. That's not cool. So good. Uh, let's, let's get started and Let's go ahead and, and get into this question of continuity over time. All right, right. So before we jump into uh, personal identity uh, and the self and consciousness, uh, I, th I thought it would be nice to bring up a, a quick puzzle. So I went over this puzzle with uh, the undergrad students that I am TAing for. Man, you got to sit back down. What is happening? Okay. So um, a puzzle I taught on this week is... Um, the ship of Theseus. You familiar with this? No, but I feel like I'm about to be. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Uh, so Theseus uh, was, uh, I don't believe he was actually a real person. Um, he, I think he was mythical because he. Um, that's what <clears> our <throat> schoolmates used to say. Theseus, he's not even a real person. Yeah, that's right. So uh, Theseus uh, went off and he fought, and now I'm, I'm drawing a blank. What, what's the, the, the bull man? Minotaur. What is it? Minotaur. Minotaur, yeah, yeah. So he went off and he defeated the Minotaur in uh, Crete. And so he, he sailed off on his ship, the ship of Theseus. And uh, the story is told in two different ways. 
The first story is that uh, he went off, he defeated this Minotaur in, in Crete, and he came back. And everyone was so proud of him in Athens that they uh, that they parked his boat in the marina and left it there as a as a tribute to him. And then uh, after years and years and years had passed, um, <laughs> nice. After years and years and years have passed, uh, the ship starts rotting, right? And so what do you do with rotting ship that you want to continue to uh, to honor someone with? Mm -hmm. Well, you change out the planks. And so you start changing out the planks one by one, uh, not all at the same time, but only when you need to, when you absolutely need, need to. So you start changing out these planks and changing them out and changing them out. 100 years, 200 years go by. After 300 years, uh, all the planks have been changed out. So in what sense is that still the ship of Theseus? Right? And so, so people are going to answer this in different ways. That's the first story. The second story is that as Theseus went around fighting minotaurs and other monsters, he sailed around the world with different crew. And as he's sailing, his sails would get worn. So he had to you know, stop off at this island, get some new sails. As he stopped off, this guy, one of his crewmen, meets a wife, you know, takes up with her, stays there, gets someone else on the on the crew to replace him. And as he's traveling on the, the world, every part of the ship ends up getting worn down and replaced. All his crew members are, are changed out. Maybe even he's uh, decided to stay back and a new guy has is, is, uh, taken over his place, maybe even calls himself Theseus. By the time he gets back, by the time this ship gets back. Wait, so the captain himself? Well, you could or you could not. I mean, okay. as, as much as you want to complicate it. sounds like it. a stretch. When, it come, when the ship comes back, is that still the ship of Theseus, right? And so both of these uh, stories are getting at the, the same problem here. Yeah, let's just pause for a second to uh, point out the fact that uh, John Hawkins, who uh, I thought was uh, very intelligent. Very astute, very sharp, very I honest. Thought, I thought, past tense, thought he was all those things. Uh, but he says it's true, very the mustache tune, does it. I actually In tune with I, aesthetics. Um, <laughs> Um, so congratulations. Uh, a man thinks you're handsome. Okay. So okay. moving on, moving on. Uh, so how does this relate to the human so, self? Problem? Have you heard of this uh, problem before? Well, you know, I've heard it. I mean, you know, where I've, or what it makes me think of is the Tin Man in the Wizard of Oz, you know, the beloved children's classic, um, from yesteryear. And are you familiar with, how that relates to the Tin Man? Did he have new parts replaced all the time? Yeah, that's exactly right. So that. in that story, and this is true in both the movie and in L. Frank Baum's original book, which the two don't necessarily have a ton in common, at least a lot of the, the, the core messaging. But this is one of the things that was the same between the book and the movie, and that is that the Tin Man was a regular guy. He was like a woodcutter. Uh. And, and every... So often he would chop off another part of his body by accident yeah. with his axe, and he would have it replaced with a tin part. What a terrible, terrible woodcutter. Well, we're not debating that right now, but what <laughs> uh, what, ended up, terrible. what ended up what ended up happening? Uh, it's aluminum American, please. Yeah. Tin man is not the the, the preferred nomenclature. <laughs> the preferred yeah. nomenclature. That's right. Um, the tin man is not the issue. <laughs> So, uh, so he ends up getting everything replaced, including his his uh, head and his everything is now tin. Uh, the one part that they weren't able to replace, though, 
as I understand it, as I remember, was the heart, which is why the Tin Man needs a heart. You know, the Scarecrow needs a brain. Uh, The Tin Man needs a heart. And so, but the question is, is that still the same guy? You know, is that still Jerry the Woodcutter or whatever his name was? Yeah, yeah. And that that gets us into like transhumanism, right? So- uh, Okay, explain what that is. Explain what that is. Yeah, that's, that's, can we, uh, well, there's a lot, there's a big movement, but can you um, start replacing different parts of your body uh, as you're aging? In order to, to fight the process, eventually, can you transfer your consciousness into a non-organic, you know, a computer or a robot or uh, whatever it is, right? And so, um, can we transcend this organic body? Right. Someday? But right. but the ship of Theseus is interesting because even with the Tin Man, you're still getting into consciousness, right? You're the person, right? But yeah. with Wait, real quick. It sounds like you're talking about two different questions here. On the one hand, can we upload or transfer our consciousness into something else, just lifting it up, moving it over to a new um, receptacle? The other, the, the the Theseus illustration is different though. Right. Right? You're replacing one part at a time. That's more like analogous to the Tin Man. So, um, yeah, that's that's fine. But with the Tin Man, the Tin Man analogy complicates things because he's a person. So so well, right. let's let's get there. But first let's let's answer this ship of Theseus. Go. Um so well, what do you think, man? So let's let's say let's say that the boat is in the harbor yeah. and it's there for, for a thousand years. Yeah. And they replace a a, a, a plank a year mm-hmm. and there's a thousand planks. Yeah. A thousandth year. Is that still the ship of Theseus? What do you think? Well, I, I mean, I, I would have to ask the same question by way of looking at the our nation, the United States of America. So obviously none of the founding fathers and none of the original <laughs> colonials who started this country are alive today. And yet we still consider ourselves to be the, the same nation, the same country. Okay. And that is the case because there are certain unifying entities, uh, even if they're ab- abstractions that bind this, um, that, that bind our current, citizenry and population to uh that create an ontological in some sense or at least an ideological continuity with the original entity that was created in 1776 or 1789 and uh probably 1789 because that's when the constitution was ratified which the constitution yes it's a piece of paper but it's not the 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 wood pulp of that paper that unifies us it's the ideological sure uh, concepts, right? Well, if, so, if if that's the case, though, then you said you had a problem with switching out Theseus for a new captain. But if the if the ship of Theseus stands for like the ideals of the ship, yeah, well, it will be the same ship, right? Right. But so if that's the case, and this is why I have to bring up the United States, because if that's the case, then the idea of removing plank by plank is almost irrelevant, as long as we're as long as there was some shared ethos. I mean, you know, say what you will about it. At least it's an ethos. And, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and is that is that really the same with the boat though? Does the boat? Well, the boat, if the we're talking about the harbor. boat, the boat. Are we talking about the boat, or are we talking because the, the ship of Theseus? Well, right, but the ship of Theseus that could be an ideological. You know, not. let's say it's not. Let's say it was his boat. So that's, that's what in, made it so cool. Which which analogy are we talking about? The one where where it's sitting in the, the, harbor, the harbor or the, the one harbor. where it goes out on a journey. Right, let's, 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 let's hone in on the harbor one. 
a home in on it. But yeah, okay. Let's hone. Let's horn horn a horn in a shoehorn it in. Uh in that in that case, but even then, there's an there's an ideological continuity in terms of the shared memory of the people on shore who are remembering it. Okay. So that continuity is is not in the boat. And I would say, let's say we could assign an arbitrary um, barrier or boundary of let's say fifty one percent. As soon as why, 50, why? Well, because at that point the majority of it is no longer Theseus's boat. You know, it's kind of like, am I still Italian? I mean, I'm twenty five percent Italian. Am I? Italian? Well, who says the majority? Like, what if if there's still original planks? Then why why couldn't that also be part of the continuity? Well, it it is part of the continuity, and you could look at that plank and you could say this is you know this was the plank yeah uh, that Theseus stood upon, but um, there's, if we're, if we're just talking, you really have to define your terms. Cause if we're just talking about the composition of the wood in the actual physical structure, no, it's no longer Theseus's boat. Well, so in that case, is it no longer Theseus's boat after the first plank is removed? No, that's why I say it's probably somewhere around 51%. But it, it, that seems arbitrary. Yeah, it's arbitrary. Okay. So, but, but you know, you have to be arbitrary at a certain point because the, the, the question is taking place. Th what we're doing is we're ascribing categories and identity to something, which are mental abstractions. And, you know, so I, I prefer to talk about the continuity of memory of the people on the shore and, and st because then we're still dealing with mental abstractions. It's only Theseus's ship. Theseus is gone. He's dead. It's only Theseus's ship. If someone has that category in their mind, because that's an identity that exists in the mind. There's uh, nothing intrinsic in the boat. Well, you go back to this. It, it's not objectively Theseus's ship. No. So everyone dies uh, tomorrow. It, that's no longer a fact that that was Theseus's ship. Well, think about it. Theseus's ship. There's a that's a possessive noun. Theseus is, you know, with an apostrophe s. It means it belongs to Theseus. Right. And so let me ask you this: If I buy one of Van Gogh's paintings. And I take it and I put it up above my mantle. Is that still Van Gogh's painting? I mean, Van Gogh's dead and gone. Is it? Is it one that he painted or one that he owned? Well, that's at one point he would have owned it because he would have had authorial. Well, if 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 it's no one talks about it that way with an artist, right? You talk about he created it. Well, right. Well, okay. Did Theseus? Maybe we should you know dig down a little deeper. Did Theseus build the boat himself? Uh. I don't actually, I don't know if, if anyone ever goes that far. I think it's just, it was his ship. He was this great hero. He's the one who was captain of the ship. I mean, dude, this is after hours. We got to go. Yeah. We got to go a little, it, it, little it, harder. It remains an objective fact that this was the ship that he rode on. See, that's a different question because what we're asking is, is this still Theseus's ship? Not, was this the ship that he rode on? I think all you can say, if you're saying, was this the ship that he rode on? All you can say is how much of it is left and you can point to the parts that are still left and say that is a part that he wrote on that's not because we're, yeah. it's a different composition right so so another complicating factor that people like to bring in that which i think is awesome wait real quick real quick the if there's a as you well know there's a part whole distinction here right yeah so this is actually uh getting into muriology you familiar with that yeah term? Part, part parts yeah you know what does it mean to be you a know part? The, the the greek word meros right it's part yeah very good super cool i like that uh so it's it's that's correct. For those who uh, are just experiences for for the first time, like yourself, there's actually a discipline of philosophy where they talk about holes and parts. It's great. 
like that is a thing that someone is out there studying and they're pulling their hair out thinking about this. I think that's hilarious. That's wild. I totally. like it. I'm, I'm into it. We're talking about it. So uh, there's another complicating factor. Um, how you answer this question is going to kind of reveal to you your own uh, uh, muriology. Uh, so some people want to say that as you add a new plank to the, to the hole, you, you prioritize the hole over its parts, right? And so as that part becomes part of the hole, huh. it, it becomes part of the ship, right? So every time you do that, as long as you're not doing it all simultaneously, mm -hmm. you're adding to that, that hole, that muriological hole. And so that is becoming part of that. We talked about this with Dr. Gould, remember? Yeah. Uh, so he, yeah. So he talked about the hand getting cut off. It's no longer oh, yeah. your hand, right? Yeah, yeah, right. Um, and so that's uh, kind of an Aristotelian way to look at things. So as so, what would a Mariolater say about? Uh, <laughs> what would a, a Mariologist say about? Mariologist. Yeah. Um, uh, Mariologist. Uh, this isn't Catholicism here. Mer. Uh, I'm assuming it's from the Greek, which would mean it's a. That's an eta, right? So that'd be Mariologist. No. Well, it's. Mm -hmm. Words words depend on the context. People don't say mare. Mariology is a study of Mary. Yeah, Mariolo Mariology is the study of holes and parts. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. I it's it's a little play on words, Park. It's a it's a little it's a little joke. Well, after hours. Nah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what did you think I was calling Mariologists? You think I was actually confusing them? You were trying to Mariologists? come at me with the with the Ada stuff. Like I didn't know Ada's. You don't know about Ada's. First of all, you don't know Ada's. Second of all, I know Ada's. I got the best. Second Ada's. of all, you want to see Ada's? I got the best. I can get you an Ada. I'll get you an Ada right. I'll get you an Ada by next week. <laughs> all right. Um, this this episode has been brought to you by the Big Lebowski. Yeah. Uh, we which we would never watch. Parker would. Okay, keep going here. The the. The whole idea of parts and holes. Hey, turn off your. What are you watching this on Facebook? Turn it off. I can hear myself. I'm not watching this on Facebook. Turn your radio down. Go ahead. You know, like when they do like the call-ins on the radio shows. All yeah, right. So listen. Very good. Yeah, very good. The <laughs> the question of parts and holes is itself. These are mental categories. The dude, you're kind of a subjectivist. You're a subjectivist. You're kind of a subjectivist. Man. No, no, no. I'm. If anything, I'm more of a. Oh, sh 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 just. Sh you look. kind of are. It's kind of weird. Don't just throw categories out there. There's ob there's objective reality. There's objective facts. Things happened, right? Yes. Like, yes. You don't have mental, to put all that up into someone's head. Not someone's. Not someone's. They're mental categories, but just like all abstractions, they are. They're mental abstractions, and they must be rooted and grounded in. A mental entity. So, what's the ultimate? Who is the ultimate mental entity? Well, why are we going here if we're talking about because, because, because it's related. <laughs> it is. Yeah, uh, I called it. All right. So the um, just answer the question, dude. Is here's why. Here's why. Now? Because parts and holes, for them to have meaning, there must be a mind to make sense of and mentally recognize the boundaries between the, the the boundary of one entity and another which is why we can make distinctions between different you know no no there's an objective order to reality that we can recognize as people yes 
as subjects. Dude, you got to turn down your. I'm getting a, a feedback from somewhere, and it's not me. What are you hearing yourself? Yeah. I'm turning down. There's nothing going on. Well, just so mute. Just mute yourself. Yeah. Okay. All right. So. Yeah, but these categories, these ideas are grounded in the mind of God. Is where I'm getting. Just that's that's fine. That's fine. I would recognize that, but we recognize these categories outside of us in the objective world. They're not yes. all. Yes. They they have existence in reality. Yeah. Okay. So, so now we got to still answer the parts and holes question. Like, so let me let me let me complicate it a little bit further. Right, so right. some people who would prioritize the holes over the parts would say that um, as as a new plank comes in, it is sucked into the hole and becomes part of it. That doesn't seem that crazy. Sure. Okay. So let's say that there's this. Uh, but 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 the question is according to whom? What do you mean? Well, it gets sucked into the hole according to whom? Who's according to the nature of holes and parts, right? what is this, the brute fact? There's just this brute identity out there? Because if there's a brute identity that's just out there, all we have to do is just go find no, out we talked about this with Dr. Gould, right? There's there's substances and there's aggregates, right? So if yeah. it's a substance and it and a uh, property gets, or the substance takes on a new property or something gets sucked in, right? So you take off yeah. a leg of a table and you put on a new leg. Yeah. It's not a leg in a table. It's a, it's a table. It becomes part of the whole. Yeah. It's the table is still a table. Yeah. Okay. So that's all you need to continue on in the, in the problem here. Well, well, what we're trying to figure out is, is it the same table? And the question is, well, who gets to, who gets to make that determination? So let me ask you that. Who gets to make that determination officially? Like, like this is the same ship or this is not the same ship. Who's we, we don't go off of authority here. We don't go, well, if, if seven, if 51% of the people vote and say that it's uh, still the same boat, but now you're sounding like a subjectivist because I just you, said, we don't do that. I'm saying you look at objective reality, right? But objective reality, what I'm, what I'm asking you is if there's an objective reality, then th this should be something that's discernible by us. That you discern through reason, through looking at it, through debating and arguing about it. Yeah. Okay. Trying to get them to see, right? See logically. Yeah. I, what I'm, what I'm, what I'm concerned about here is that at the end of the day, because there's no revelation necessarily, you know, there's no revealed Mariology. I don't think. There, at the end of the day, you're just going to end up with my opinion versus yours versus Gould's versus everybody else, right? Oh, you can can you not use reason to get closer to truth? No, of course, but. I'm troubled by the idea that we might never actually arrive at the objective answer. Well, if you think that everything that you can know has to be revealed in scripture, then there'd be a lot of things like that. Who is saying that? Well, what is this? No, I'm just saying like, because you said it, there's no revealed, uh, myriology. Well, well then, that, then you're just going to have to go with the degree of certainty then. That's all yeah, right. But, but, but at the same time, we would still have to test that against some objective standard or else. We, we need a reference point. The, the reference point is reality. Oh, jeez. According to whom? Reality according to... You're according, the one who says according, there's no... According to God who made reality and made it orderly and made us to discover his facts yeah. and his truth out there. Right. 
yes, a reality according to God, which this is what I'm saying. We need some sort of revelation from God, or else it's just going to be- About the ship of Theseus and for us to discuss it? About Mary, I didn't say, about Mariology. I'm not looking for uh, a revelation about this particular instance any more than I'm looking for, you know, something in the Bible about coronavirus and, you know, but the Bible does have information about morality and about government that allow us to sort through the coronavirus situation in the same way. It should have something about Mariology why? Why? Why assume that? Are you saying the Bible doesn't? Because, because we need an objective reference point. We need but an. That, that is the thing in itself. That is the ship that we're looking at. How do you we, of course, we have to interpret that in light of Revelation and in light of God's creation. But if it doesn't speak to holes and parts relationships in wooden boats. Then we have to figure that out with our God-given reason, man. Yeah, that's not a problem at all. I'm not, I'm not asking for a, a particular a particularization of you know this. But you don't need you don't need revelation on every discipline in order to use it. Is no, I, I guess what I'm what I'm looking for is some some touchstone. To like a proof of, text of this, or what? No, no, not a proof text, but something to something something to anchor my. Uh, my uh you know what's that rope where you, where you go rock climbing you know you've got to you got to hitch your your anchor into the the top of the cliff before you start to scale down you need and then we unhitch the new testament from the old is that <laughs> yeah 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 that's right uh dude i i'm with you i don't know why you think that i'm the enemy you're trying to come at me like i'm not a presuppositionalist or something what are you talking about no. you smell you're trying to smell blood in the water or something come yeah, yeah yeah right i'm not going to fall into some kind of trap like that no, i'm just saying no one's first of all, no one's trying to put you in a trap that, that you could very easily walk into yourself. Yeah, yeah. But no, no, no. In, in all in all seriousness, how would we know here? Settle this question for me and then let then let's move on because I don't want to this is getting into a swirling. This is exactly what people hate when they yeah, so hate hurry up. philosophy. Look, how will we know when we've gotten closer to the objective truth? How? On some questions where it's just pure speculation like this, uh, we may not. Why? If God hasn't revealed something, I thought on, you were uh, black and white, like me, man. Huh? All right, fine. So then I guess then then fine. Then let's just have fun speculating and just see what's what. That's what we're supposed see to be doing the whole time. Okay, so so no, I thought we're trying to now. we're trying to we're trying to arrive at truth, man. You're trying, trying to, to arrive at catch me in something. Okay, so let's say that the ship as as the ship is being replaced, and if there is this continuity in the ship's uh. Uh, structure that this continues on to be the ship of Theseus. Um, you said fifty-one percent. Other people might say one after one plank, it's no longer the same. Other people would say ninety-nine percent, as long as there's still one piece of the original. It still is giving the continuity to the whole. Right. But let's say a historian, uh, a Theseus historian, and historian has, has commissioned his whole and historian. Go on has commissioned his whole family to continue on this legacy. Yes, Every yes. time they take off a plank of that boat, you son and you son and your sons, we're going to grab this, we're going to collect it. And so over the years, the the order of the historians of Theseus have been collecting up these pieces, yeah. keeping them over in their warehouse and reconstituting them back mm -hmm. in the warehouse. Yeah. Right. And so by the time you get to 51%, there's 49% back in this warehouse. Uh -huh. Right, and so you keep going, and if you want to break it down to molecules, right? Like, if you if that was possible, 
Yeah. Like at what level, which one's the real ship? Is it the one that continues on in the continuity of like the like organic substance thing that was the ship? Mm-hmm. Or is it the original matter that made up the actual ship that he was standing on? So is it right. the historian ship or is it the one that continues on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. could do it. It works even better if he's going around the world, right? Yeah. So if he's going around the world and the historian's following behind him, collecting up every piece, right, and, and towing it back, and then they both arrive back home and one's got the, all the original pieces and the other one has like the working model that's been mm-hmm. used in, uh, in use. Then which one is it? Is the one that, that has continued on or is it the one that was the original ship that left? Well, th- these are, these are actual questions people do have to deal with because uh, look at, look at the, for example, the, the Mormon religion. So in the, in the Mormon religion, when they started out, they were, um, they were polygamous, right? And yeah. I know that nowadays there there's something of a uh, a desire to get back to polygamy, but and and some would argue that it's that it never actually left. But um, there are these sects of Mormonism. Mormons would probably Latter Day Saints, that they're, as they're called now, would probably view them as cults. But some of their practices and doctrines are closer to the original Mormons than the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, so-called, today. So, you know, there's an internal debate within, you know, these Mormon sects, which one is true Mormonism? You know, is it the one that kept the practices and principles, or is it the one that was sort of, you know, stayed in the mainstream, and even though it lost those parts? And I I think that the analogy is, um, if not a perfect one, at least a meaningful one because we we are dealing with mental categories here and it really def- depends on how you're going to define from the outset what it's going to mean for there to be continuity i think that i i just i don't know i think these are mental categories that because god hasn't revealed it authorita- authoritatively i think yeah, maybe we do need to be a little sub- subjective about this or or maybe they're just Maybe we just sort of say this is a fun debate, but but ultimately, because we'll never know, it's kind of a pointless debate. Well, you can you can make rules, and you can have mental categories that are really meaningful. There's a mental category of do not cross this line on the highway. It's a it's a little dotted yellow line. Uh, is it white or yellow? You should really know that. I don't pay attention to them. I swerve all over wherever I want. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The 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 double line. We from Chicago. We do whatever we want. That's right. The, the um. Double, which I know, me double out. means you don't cross over, but the yeah, regular yeah. just ones are, are they white or are they yellow? The well, there's white and yellow. The um, the white ones are kind of like feel free to move about, yeah, freely. yeah, yeah. just just swerve, or yellow, or drift. Something? yellow is like don't cross it, just you better not cross it, but like, but like <laughs> the dotted f- yellow, the dotted yellow, or the double yeah, dotted yellow, dotted oh, yellow okay, is like, okay. like just, I actually never knew that. Yeah, I almost failed my uh, driver's test, I had to take another one recently. Oh, yeah, new license, yeah, once it went uh, uh horizontal. Oh yeah, I did, I did terrible on the signs because the signs always have content to them. I never yeah, looked yeah. at the shape of the sign. Oh, I know stop on. sign. I know Do you want to know something? Right. Do you want to know something? Huh? I got a hundred percent when I had to take the rules of the road test to get out of some ticket or whatever. I got a hundred percent, one zero zero percent. That's so good. that's great. In your face. You've also uh, totaled how many cars? Just two. So <laughs> just two. All right. Well, okay. So we we're talking about mental categories. So there's a mental category of these lines in the road. Yeah. And they're they're 
man-made conceptions, they're very, very important. If I cross over at the wrong time, I will die. Death yeah. lies on the other side of that at the wrong time, right? Well, so just, potentially, yeah. So it actually does matter a lot. It's not it's not just a fun speculation, right? Yeah. I'm I'm not seeing the connection, but you know, it's the after connection all. is that there's all sorts of stuff that hasn't been directly revealed in scripture that's still even if you want to call it mental content, Dude, it's still really that, important. No, Romans thirteen says obey the governing authorities. I mean that just that just blew your entire analogy out of the water because Obey the governing authority. It doesn't give a uh, it doesn't give a theory of stoplights, dude. It gives a theory of government, which stoplights are government government, you know. All it's right. a government thing. It's a government institution. Look, that all doesn't right. that so, doesn't hold. That doesn't so, hold. All right, dude. Anyways, uh all right, all right. Yeah. So Richard Swinburne talks about this with the church. And he and he talks, he uses a uh uh Argument a fortiori, right? So, an uh, argument from the lesser to the greater. So, he talks, he brings up a, an argument of a chess club. So, there's this ancient chess club, and uh, they had all these rules, and there are these people. Have you, are you familiar with this? this article? No, but I, I think I can see where you're going. I'm not a big Yeah, right. So, so the, the chess club stops uh, for whatever reason. There's a plague or whatever, and uh, that's too soon. But there was a plague or something like that, and stopped the chess club. And then, uh, you know, 200 years later, someone finds all the rules and starts up the, the chess club again. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, is that really the same chess club? They're abiding by all the same rules and stuff. They're right. keeping up with the same ethos of the chess club. And Swinburne wants to argue that, no, it's it's actually not, because you still have the, have the continuity of persons. Okay, this is exactly the debate between Roman Catholicism and And that's what he, and he brings it back up to the church, right? Yeah, so, so, so how, how does that relate? How does that well, relate? we got into this uh, with Augie's uh, more... Uh, Anglican friends, right? Would you would you call them? I almost called them Mormons, because uh, we got Mormons on my brain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So right. So, so uh, our sister is an Anglican, and uh, coincidentally, our brother in law is an Anglican as well. And <laughs> yeah, and and uh, not coincidentally, they're obviously married and and uh, actually missionaries with the, uh, the okay, dude. Greenhouse All movement. right, that's great. And <laughs> you know, when you, we, here's the thing: nobody thought that was irrelevant until you said. Until you said that, and now they do. So, <laughs> so we're we're debating with them about um, we're debating with them about uh, the Eucharist, right? The Lord's yeah, yeah, Supper. Yeah. yeah. And I thought that they should be mad at us for how we treat the the Lord's Supper if it's really His body and blood, right? Uh, whatever that means for for your Anglican view, like we're dishonoring that if we just dispose of that in the garbage or whatever because we hold to a. a uh, memorial view that we don't think right. it is Christ by body or blood in, in really any way except in, in memory. Right. So um, their answer was pretty interesting. Uh, I hadn't considered this was, hey, you're actually not doing it. Uh, it, it. It it isn't sacrilege or anything like that because you guys don't get to have the true meaning of it because it's really only three churches that have the continuity of the true church and that is uh, Eastern Orthodox. Catholicism and uh, Anglicanism. Yeah, and yeah. Rest, and you guys are brothers in Christ, of course, or whatever. But yeah, you yeah, don't actually do the real uh, communion. So yeah. don't worry about it. Throw your stuff in the trash for you guys. Yeah, we'll have to consume all of ours. And which, to be fair, seemed like a, a fairly ad hoc explanation. Like it was kind of like he just sort of. I don't, I don't know. know. It seemed like he knew that. It seemed like he was prepared for that. Well, the the con uh, the continuity piece. So let's just, just the continuity the piece is a little bit fun because. Well, I don't want to like inflame the Anglicans or anything, but why not? Because I love Anglicans, but the, well, the we, history... we always 
We inflame the ones we love. The the history of their church seems like uh, they're not in the continuity, right? Like, here's the about- thing: ain't no denomination today that's in the continuity because Roman Catholics. James White points this out all the time. Good luck going back, you know, uh, through the history of the the papacy and trying to find a line of succession there. I mean, yeah. at one point there were three popes. Right. Uh, there was there you know there were anti popes. Um, there's, you know, there may have even been a female Pope, you know, that's speculation. It's a little more than speculation, but it's not, you know, yeah. The council of constant Constance, right. Was the three popes. Yeah. The, yeah. Uh, I, I think so. But, um, I mean, I, I need to bone up on my, my papal history, but I do know enough to know that if you're looking for the continuity of, uh, uh, Episcopal succession, what, what's it called? The continuity of I don't know about the, I know about collegial episcopacy where that's like the early model where all the, no, 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 no. Like, like the the continuity of like, yeah. Yeah. But I guess, you know what I'm talking about and what they argue for and what the Anglican argument, succession of, you know, where Peter, the, the supposed first Pope laid his hands on the next Pope who laid his hands on the next one, the next one, the next one, Yeah, yeah, yeah. So all the way down the line. And so, Supposedly, the idea goes that the bishops today in the Anglican Church, the Catholic Church, and the Eastern Orthodox Church um, have okay. this continuity of being ordained, having their hands laid upon them, um, having the hands laid upon them of the bishop who preceded them, going all the way back to the time of Peter, who was ordained by Christ. And for them, that is where continuity, yeah. organizational continuity, comes from. Which is interesting for for us. It's for evangelicals. It's it's the message. It's the message of the gospel, which goes yes. all the way back to Christ. Which is interesting, right? So we don't we think that you could be on a, a desert island, and uh, you're you're washed up, and you're not you've been washed up, right? Uh, on, you're all on washed up. Island. You're not you're not on the island because you're washed up, and someone has exiled you there. Yeah. But uh, you're on you're on this desert island that Bible washes up to, and uh, you become a Christian. Up. More people wash up on shore. You read the the Bible, and you start a church. Like yep. you are, uh, if you're a, a Bible believing church, if you preach the gospel, you just started a church. You're part of the Boom. universal church because it's the message of the gospel. And so, right. in that sense, we would hold to like the the content view, right? That it's yeah. the continuity. So, so that chess club would be the same chess club, mm. right? Because it's it's not because the succession goes back in the message. No, yeah, no, no. no. I don't think so. I think that the game of chess that they're playing is the same game of chess. I I don't think it's the same. Here's why. I don't think it's the same chess club because that island church is not St. Paul's Basilica in London. Even if a Bible from London washed up on that desert island and had the the same, you know, let's say it was a Bible and a book of common prayer and it was a, you know, a Bible and and a, 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 a robe. What are the robes? Vestal robe or whatever? A Genevan robe? Okay. You get what I'm saying, though? Yeah, it's, you got a robe there. All right. What I'm saying is, even if they instituted all the same, everything down, you know, they started calling each other vicar and whatnot, that still wouldn't be St. Paul's Cathedral because there are other there are other factors that make something a local church even if two local churches are part of the same universal church and in the same way that so chess you're talking, club, you're, you're, you're talking about denominations, right? So the chess club, no, I'm talking about local church versus universal church, not denominations. Yeah. You talked about 
bringing in the Book of Common Prayer and stuff, right? Like, well, all I'm all I'm saying is, even if this island church does everything the exact same way that um, some other local church would have done things, they still wouldn't be the same local church. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's fine. But the chess club, the chess club analogy, didn't have to do so much with chess, but how the club functions, how mm. uh, a member of this club holds themselves, right? So, but so that's that, still not the same. So let me ask you this: If you, yeah. if you leave Park Community Church, your particular campus, you leave your particular campus because you have to move, and uh, you, I'm going to make this. Uh, I'm trying to be accurate here. You you move away, and you tell someone else in your new neighborhood all about Park Community Church, and you even like download a bunch of the same graphics and whatnot. And you give this person all these graphics and everything, the song sheets, everything, right? Yeah. And they go and they start a church. It's not you because there's not there's no member of Park Community Church at that new church yeah. and they start calling themselves park community church is that the same church uh no because the other church is still around anyways too right so there's there's also that claim well let's say it's not if it's not around if everyone from the other park church died but you're still instantiating the same rules and principles and the uh, the ethos of that park church i would say yeah it is the same no still within the park if it was no well then the person on the island can't be part of the universal church bro how is that no 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 still part of the same universal church the question is easy because chess is uni chess is bigger than one particular chess club right yeah but the the ch it could have been any kind of club the club was what matters the ethos of the club yeah but i mean even taking it back to the ship analogy like you could say this is a schooner or whatever or this is a you know uh all I know is a schooner. All right. So, uh, but that doesn't mean that it's the same ship. There has to be continuity. Yeah. And, and something else that's been nagging at me in the back of my mind is Jehovah's witnesses believe that Jesus is Michael, the archangel. And that when Jesus was killed, he ceased to exist and then was recreated. And what I've always argued and and you know held to is that that new being if that actually happened which of course it didn't jesus is not michael the archangel at least not in the way they they would see it um that That's, new i was uh, i was almost convinced there you almost have me i'm glad you <laughs> there there are some people who are listening maybe they're maybe they're jw's man all right all right you know what we're all over the place here man look here's my point here's my point a group that starts a hundred years later with the same ethos is not the same group. And a local church that starts a hundred years later that is not in the same location with the same people is not the same local church. Okay. But so someone starting a church on a desert island can still be part of the church, even though they're not part of the continuity of being planted by other churches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're the big C church, of course. Absolutely. Because that's that's doctrinal. But there's more that goes into a local church than just the doctrine. I guess that's what I'm getting at. Okay. So bringing it all back then, with the ship of Theseus, do you think that it's the continuity that's necessary for it to just, uh, yeah, like does continuity play into uh, whether you think that is the ship? I, I do, but only up to a certain point, unless, and this is, man, man, 
maybe I do need to be a little subjective here on, because I love your analogy. I love your conundrum about the two ships. Right. It's, it's not mine, but it, yeah, it's a big conundrum. I mean, the one that you, the one yeah, that yeah. You, yeah. I love that because it's, yeah, it's like, okay, you've got the ideological ship and you've got the historical ship or you've yeah. got the, the ethical, you know, ethos ship. Well, look at John Hawkins question there is here's the real question. Are the planks still part of the tree they were cut from? And I don't know if he was joking there, but that is it. John's a smart dude. No, like, I thought about that too, right? Um, that's actually a legit thing because they're not. Um, but at what point did that uh, cease to be a tree and start become a plank? Okay. Right? Okay. It's still okay. the same wood, but it's not part of the constitution. The thing has been destroyed and a new thing has been created. Okay. But there's also there's there's a couple fallacies that that we got to watch out for as well. It's um, uh, man, what's it called? Like artificial division or whatever. Um, well, you want to watch out for for division. And you want to watch out for composition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Division. right. So so just because something's true of the parts doesn't mean it's true of the whole. Just because right. it's true of the whole. Right, right, so uh, water is wet, but but uh, H2O molecule is not wet, right? Right, uh, um, a, a cell is alive, but DNA is not alive. Yeah, I don't know if, if you do want to say that cells are alive. Uh, you cells say dead are, cells, dead cells, cells are, but... Yeah, no, cells are alive, but the cells are the smallest... Um, cells are life atom, atomized. They're, they're the smallest form of... The smallest yeah. unit of life. So, yeah. I think uh, Aristotelian might... Be like, well, it's part of the no, neurological no, no. whole of you. No, 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 no. Cells are alive. There's, there's, there are single-celled organisms. Yeah, but that's, uh, that's the whole then, right? The yeah. whole is the organism. Yeah, but a cell is still alive, dude. Eh. All cell. right, I guess it depends on what you mean by that. No, they have all the characteristics of life. There, a cell is not a cell that's part of you is not you necessarily, but it's still alive. Okay, so uh, yeah, the tree thing is is a is a good one. Um, I don't know, dude. This is why I think muriology is pretty sweet. Yeah, it's um, super sweet. I agree. But but it actually it, it goes. Recently, it's been brought up in models of the Trinity, so the the oh. constitutional view of the Trinity. You're, you're familiar with this? Uh, it sounds heretical. Um, I I don't know. I I'm not sure. I don't think it's heretical. I don't. I wouldn't feel comfortable saying that I believe it. It, it sounds like. Um, help me out. It sounds like. Comp uh, the the heresy that would say the Father, Son, Holy Spirit are one each one third of God. What, what's that? What's that heresy? Oh, called? partialism, Patrick. That's partialism. partialism? Yeah, mm. there's another name for it, right? There's like the the actual theological name. I think partialism oh. is something having to do. That's that's what transgender is uh, experience. We, we yeah. don't want to go there. Yeah, yeah great. Okay, so uh, the the constitutional view is that. Um, and I think you can find this in like the Greeks, the, uh, like the Gregories. Um, I think it, I think he, they talk about statues, but, but the constitutional view is that, um, you have a, a pillar on a, on a building, right? You yeah. Think, I was thinking Chicago, they got some sweet pillars that just like stand out. So yeah. You got this pillar yeah. and then let's say an artist comes by yeah. and, uh, and he, and he turns this pillar into, uh, the statue of David. No, this is called something else. Because I used to think this was a great analogy of the Trinity. That's this the is constitutional called... view. No, it's what, what's it called? Constitutional view. Is that right? Yeah. Because I actually held to this. Constitution view or constitutional. Okay, so I used to hold to this, and then somebody pointed out that it. I think it was Dr. Carson actually pointed out that it was uh, still 
bad. Yeah. So so the view is that you got three things here. You got a pillar that's yeah. holding up. The, it's kind of a little more functional, right? Yeah. Uh, then you got the stuff that it's made out of, yeah, concrete or whatever, yeah. uh, stone. And then you got the uh, the sculpture. Yeah. Right. And they're all one thing, but they're three things, right? So you could you could reform it, and make a different. Uh, you could make it smooth, and now it's just a pillar. And, yeah. but, and but that uh, smoothness would still be its form. I mean, you could, could you say we're talking about form, function, and substance? Uh, yeah, that sounds right. But I just came up with that just now. But I, I don't know if that would if that would work. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I mean, there's people who have written their, their dissertations on this stuff who yeah. would eat our lunch. But yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But it's it's another interesting view, and it's like you know if you if you had a, a pillar that's made of gold, mm -hmm. and it's in the shape of David, but you melt that down. And you turn it into a, a pillar of, of the Mona Lisa, like David's gone. That that entity, whatever that is, is gone. And there's a new one in its place. Right. But the the matter is still there, right? And the function is still there. It's still yeah. a pillar holding up. Yeah. And so some people want to hold this as a model of the Trinity. And and yet, if it was melted down for a while, it ceased to be a pillar, and then it was reformulated into a pillar again. Well, you could conceive of it maybe being a pillar of clay or something. And sure, but. But at the same, but you, let's you say could, you could change say, out an atom at a time if you wanted to, and it still has its. No, I, I guess uh, if, if you think about it, like let's say there was, you know, a gold pillar shaped like David, and it was melted down and turned into a puddle, and then it was reformed into a statue of, you know, a ninja turtle, and but it was still gold. Yeah, same gold. Was, it's still still the same gold. Same gold, same gold, um, and it was. It was reconstituted into. Is that still the same pillar? Even is that even still the same pillar? Because it was a pillar, was not a pillar, and then now is a pillar. Well, and by the if, way, if, this if, is going to get into uh, uh, regeneration. If I it's think, the functional, soon. if it's the the pillar is the functional aspect, and it's still uh, fulfilling the that functional aspect, then modalism, Patrick. Yeah, yeah, Alisa. Good job. Uh, then it's, it would still be the same pillar, right? It's still doing the same job in that pillar. Uh, you said still. Still implies, uh, you know, still. It was, it's doing the same job again. Or you could even say it's, it's doing even the same job. stuff doing the same job. Well, what about if you, how about you have the, the statue and you don't melt it down, but you deface it? Say it again. So the statue, the pillar, yeah. Yeah. it's right there, but you deface it. So now the, the face of that, it's different. It's It's ruined. Well, if I if I get a tattoo on my arm, you know, one that says "I think, therefore," I don't whatever. Very, that'd be very reverent and useful. Maybe, and maybe winsome. not. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, but is that still the same arm? I mean, sure, of course, it's still the well, same. Well, let's arm. let's get into let's get into personal identity now. Now that we've talked, we've 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 yeah. uh, primed the pumps with muriology. Yeah. Um, now, when we get to to personal identity, what does it mean to be you? Yeah. If you believe, if you hold to a uh, like a materialist view of identity, uh, that that I am my body, whether it's your frontal lobe or your cortex or right. whatever it is, it, this body, this continuity of this body, then I think you run into a lot of different problems. Okay, this. So Hawkins has another question here. Look what he says. So does the whole person consist of body and spirit? If the spirit leaves the body, does personhood cease? Now. Dude, I, I would like to know, and we don't have to get into a big thing about this. Do you hold to a like a tripartite view of what it means to be human? Or would you be more of a dualist? 
Like, would you say mind, body, sorry, would you say body, spirit, and soul? Or would you say body and spirit and soul is another word for spirit? Yeah, man, I really, really wanted to be a trichotomist. Like I really whole, do too. My I whole life, growing up, I would be like, "Yeah, body, yeah, it sounds great." And then that means that like there's this life force that trees have. Yeah. They have uh, spirits, but they don't have souls. And uh, no, 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 no. It'd be more like animals. Animals have. Yeah, but but you could go even further because what is it that animates a a tree? And this stupid tree can die. What? It can stop growing. It can stop having yeah, what a stupid, ignorant tree. Like we're supposed to care about this tree. It can't even, it can't even, you know, like I can't even take it on a walk to the park. I can't even, you know what I'm saying? Can't why? Well, I, I mean, this is part of my evangelism. I talk with people, I call it tree evangelism and I always ham up how dumb trees are, but yet there's all this intelligence that they disperse their seeds and they trick animals into eating their fruit. Right. But yeah. 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 And they even communicate uh, through uh, root networks and stuff. Did you know about crazy? That? All this They're unbelievable. Trees too. are unbelievable. So, uh, but it's a dumb tree, right? Right. Like, right. Right. What the it's, not a, it's not even alive like animals, let alone like people. Right. So, but it's, but it is alive. Yeah. And that's, so that's why I wanted to be like, well, there's like a spirit and it's not like a pagan kind of thing like that or anything like that. But yeah. there's like a life that this seed somehow put you put in the ground and it becomes alive and turns into a tree and it's an organism. And well, this okay. is what the ancients were trying to get at with their dryads and naiads and, and all this stuff. Like they recognize that there's life and they're trying to explain right. it and they're doing so in sort of an animistic kind of way. Yeah. So, so I, I do, I think I've been forced to hold to like a dichotomy view. I think uh, a lot of the Christian philosophers, uh, um, um, What's his name? I think Bill Craig is a trichotomist. I know Moreland is. Um, and I think that's because they want to say animals have, well, no, they say animals have souls. I'm not sure. Animals I know are soulish. Men are spiritual or, or, or psychical. But, you know, even the word, even the word psychos, psychos, you know, psyche. Oh, but that's the, that's the problem. If you talk to like D.A. Carson, he'll be like, dude, they're used interchangeably. Even when they say that the, the word pierces uh, soul and spirit. Yeah. It, it's just repetition it's it's yeah. making the point you know yeah maybe uh, there's all sorts of greek rules that we don't know about and we go yeah. well no 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 those are two words you go yeah but dude you don't know about the syntax of of greek grammar like yeah so in hebrews when it says the the word of god is living and active piercing to joint and piercing you know separating joint and marrow soul and spirit it's like joint and marrow. Those are both part of the body. You wouldn't say, oh, so we're joint and marrow. No, I don't know. I don't you know. wouldn't. I'm saying you wouldn't say that. In other words, uh, in other words, he's saying, you know, joint and marrow, there's body. That's that's not two separate things. Yeah, but those things. are two different things. I think that might cut against our argument. Oh. Marrow. No, 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 no. They're two parts of the same thing. They're both parts of the body. Yeah, but 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 they're two different parts of the body. Marrow is all throughout, but a joint's only at the joint. Right, so it can pierce your joints and the marrow. I'm just saying I wouldn't ham that up too much because that's that might go against us. I, I'm, I, well, no, no, I'm 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 still probably more of a trichotomist. Oh, okay, all right. Well, heretic then. So uh, I don't think so. Well, you're unless, pagan. You think the trees have souls, man? Unless, unless, uh, mate. Now what? Now okay. Now here's where it gets really, really interesting, dude. Because I've been studying. I guess you could say God's been revealing this to me through my study a lot more about how the Holy Spirit. When he comes into a believer, and that believer is born again, regenerated, and and given the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is so internal to us that when he cries, Abba, Father, 
we cry abba father when he prays we pray when we pray he prays do you when see what i'm saying he sins no 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 okay. no because we because because he's not identical to us so that's why we can quench the holy spirit we can resist the holy spirit but when we are doing when we are being godly and doing those things that please god which no yeah. one who's in the flesh can do so we can't do that on our own right the Holy Spirit is acting within us in such an intimate way. And I wonder, I just wonder if the third cotomy of our trichotomized tri tri selves, I know I'm butchering language, is the Holy Spirit. Like we were designed to be a receptacle for the Holy Spirit. I thought so about that too. Yeah, people talk about that. People talk about that with marriage where they say like, well, you know, two, two halves coming together and then- or, or uh, That's pagan though. Coming together and the unity of the it can't spirit be pagan. and there's three um, persons in one marriage, right? But there's a pagan idea that uh, the the soul was divided long ago. The soul was divided into two, and you've hey, got to find. I don't your know if that's mate. a real idea. Plato talked about that in the symposium, but I don't know if that was a real. Oh, okay. Well, just, I, I think that was were... part of his accidental, like. But but anyways, yeah, yeah sure. Uh, yeah, they were unified and they were cut in half, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, I uh, mean, I, and they come back yeah. together. Well, but, but okay. Just because it's pagan, I mean, just because someone said that doesn't mean it's not true. Yeah, sure. I'm saying I don't, I don't, I don't know about that. I think that the New Testament scholars, like Carson, would like just straight up eat my lunch and be like, "No, that's simple apposition or whatever Greek rule that is." Yeah, that says that you're wrong, and so don't. But, but a lot of philosophers go, eh, "It works with our yeah. philosophy pretty well, right?" You, okay, real quick, you know who kind of talked something like what I just said about the Holy Spirit? You know who kind of talked like that was. Um, Watchman Nee and Brother Lee. Are you familiar with them? They were Chinese theologians. And some of their stuff, for a while, they were considered to be heretical by the Western Christian Church. And recently, that's no longer the case. It's just what, what Westerners have sort of realized is the, they're just expressing things in more of a Chinese way. And we shouldn't necessarily assume that what they're saying. Yeah, you, we use our Western categories that we're used to thinking in and right. put them and say, you're a heretic according to us. But Right. But looking at them in their own terms and saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, no, if we translate it better, then it's yeah. really what we're saying or whatever. But what, what they talk about is how God wants, now this is where it gets a little iffy, okay? But God wanted to dwell in, He God wanted to be embodied or God wanted to dwell in a human receptacle. And, uh, and, and so the whole plan of salvation is so God can live within us and we can be his hands and feet and that i see yeah i know and i see the look on your face and that's the same look i have like i wanted to because then he needs us yeah right? no no right right i it, but Which, but even if you attribute it all right? to his sovereignty and his goodness and his aseity he still does it he still know, does like, it. he still did want us in his plan right like because we're right. here so right. you can't just say that in, in a simple brush off like well that would make god dependent but that's why oh, yeah. that's why Watchman Nee and Brother Lee, wit, sorry, wit, Witness Lee, Witness Lee, not Brother Lee, Witness Lee. The reason why they were kind of condemned, and they they were like unapologetic, like, no, this is the way it is. But that's just kind of their Chinese way of communicating. Whereas mm -hmm. you think about like Western analytic philosophers, like we want to parse everything out and explain it down to the minute details. Eastern philosophy is very different, and so Eastern theology, you it would make sense far east it doesn't get any more far east than China. They're going to express things in more of a synthetic. Yeah, they, of... they might. They might. Like, I mean, some don't, right? So, uh, some, oh. something that, that Dr. McCall hits me with all the time 
Well, it doesn't just hit me with, but he's helped me see like a lot of the stereotypes that we use, and not not because they're stereotypes and it's bad or whatever like that. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's like we say like the oh the what the Eastern Church, uh, they tended to think that the Trinity was more three, so they fall into tritheism, and the the oh, Western yeah. Church they fall into modalism, and it's it's not. You look at the the history and you read some of the Gregories, and you're like, oh, they really believed in simplicity really hard. Like huh. it's it's not always neat. I'm not saying you're doing that. I'm just saying. No, no, sure. For, for someone watching and sure. saying, well, you're falling into it. Like, we recognize that there's nuance and. Yeah. But we, we also have to talk. Too. Okay. So, so John Hawkins has now mentioned the root fallacy. I think I know what that is. Uh, John, feel free to comment. You know, what do you mean by that? What do you mean by root? Is that. I don't know if he's making a joke or if that is. Uh, right. Because that that yeah. there's like, there's a fallacy. Ah, is that like that. the like the like um hasty generalization or um, it's, composition it's, it's composition not a, it's not a super easy one it's 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 like making an uh making forcing someone to come up with an arbitrary uh stopping point right so it's like uh okay oh at this point 51 percent, then yeah. it's become this right okay so hmm. there's also there's philosophers like uh uh there's a book that I have called Vagueness where he just jumps into that great philosopher. I forgot his name right now. And he's mm. just like, yeah, you know what? So what? Yeah, that's the case. At 51% or whatever he says, and he defends it. I like I, this guy. Yeah, no, that's exactly what I was doing. I love that. That's great. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, so where are we at? Okay, so we did constitutional model. Well, we've got to talk about – Well, we talked talk about, we the, talked about uh, material. The continuity of an individual. Right? So, so a continuity view, uh, uh, I am my body. Right. And so every like 15 years, your body is new, your bones are new. Some of your, some of your neurons don't change over, but is that, do all of your neurons eventually change? No, I think you have some neurons that don't. I think so too. I think there are some that you never get, like if you, you know, if you kill your brain cells, you know, that's not, that whole thing is. Yeah. They don't come back. Right. Yeah. That's like, yeah. you don't, I don't know if you remember this in the nineties, everybody was headbanging, you oh, know, okay. to like Nirvana. Yeah. And, and the whole Nirvana. thing was. Nirvana, you know Nirvana. Was it to Nirvana that they were headbanging? Oh yeah, yeah. I guess. Here we are now. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of too. Yeah. We're all banging our heads now. You know. Yeah, I remember that. Famous song. That golden oldie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you're gonna you're gonna bang your brain cells. Your brain right cells out. out you're not gonna get those back. That's that was yeah, the whole thing. Right. So yeah, you don't. You don't. They don't regenerate. Um, so some people want to say that it's just your uh oh oh your brain right yeah okay no uh, so hawkins has explained what he meant so this is a greek fallacy you know dr carson talks about this oh yeah, yeah yeah sure yeah sure. yeah okay and then he even says so it's the root fallacy is the word has a meaning bound up with its and by the way bound up is a very carsonian phrase it's yeah. it's bound up with um yeah do you see with its shape or its components meaning is determined by etymology oh yeah people say that all the time you know like uh uh, the word dunamis yeah, in Greek is the dynamite, dynamite of God. God. The gospel is dynamite. the dynamite of God. Like, dude, we made dynamite later, way later. Dynamite destroys. It destroys. Oh, yeah. I think Carson does say that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then he says, so then he, Hawkins says, see exegetical fallacies by D.A. Carson. Common, guys. Common. Co yeah. Okay. Common. I actually, Come on, I Hawkins, if you're going to call us out, you got to at least use the right word. Okay, so uh, where are we at? Where are we uh, Hawkins is a good guy. Okay, um, so. Okay, oh, 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 okay, so, materials. Right? Oh, yeah, so, okay. So this is something Swinburne and planning to talk about. 
uh, if it's if it's just your brain, right? That's that's you. Well, like we're getting pretty good at neuroscience and stuff, and you can take out parts of of your brain, and we'll probably get to the part that uh, if we're not there yet, where you can put stuff into your brain. You can have a brain transplant, right? You can have a piece of your frontal lobe or whatever. Yeah. Placed in, and and you could rewire it and make it work, right? Dude, a brain transplant. Can you imagine the I implications think, of that? I think that like they're getting there. I thought I saw something on Facebook the other day. But the question is, would a mind transplant naturally come with that automatically? And that's the, that's that's what uh, Swinburne and Planning are arguing against, right? And they say like, you know, if if you Planning says if you replace all of your brain matter with other brain matter, uh, it's conceivable it'd still be you, right? Like if you change out all at the electron level, right? So you change out electron, one electron at a time, as long as it's not maybe simultaneous, yeah. but it's the, the con constitution view, as long as you're doing it one by one, like it, it seems like that would still be you. Well, where would you end then, right? Would it be after 51% of your electrons were changed out? That's no, no longer you? You're, you're doing a reductio ad absurdum on naturalism right now, right? right? Uh, because I, obviously we wouldn't I, hold to that. Right, of my body. I am my body view, right? So, Whatever you right, want to okay. call that. Physicalism right. or... And, and yeah, physicalism, materialism. So that being said, that that would assume that we are like the ship. We are like the lobster. No, we are like the ship. The ship that when you replace a part, you've replaced something, you replace enough parts and physically you don't have the same. See, this is why the whole, the whole going back to the ship really quickly, once you replace enough parts, it's not the same ship unless enough people remember the meaning of that ship and they endue that new entity, that new physical structure with that meaning, then it's the same ship because yeah, but, it's the ship. It's the ship of meaning. But it's I, the think ship that, of I think memory. that means that after one plank is changed out, then it's a different ship. I don't buy that. Why? Why would that be? Why would that be the case? Because man, if you're going with after it's changed, then it's no longer the ship unless someone remembers it. Well, if you, it's changed after one plank. No, it, no. A, Part of it has changed. I don't think you can say it has changed. I mean that that sort of begs the question, right? That it, you're saying it has changed. Okay, I think you can so, say a part of it has changed. But if it's made of its parts, but I don't think that it is. I don't think the whole is the sum of its parts. Okay, so then you hold to the the more uh, the whole side of the meteorological problem. So then, yeah. What is it? So then, what does it matter if you replace one one plank and you wait a thousand years? Yeah, and then you replace another plank, and you wait a thousand years, and you put replace, and you replace, and you replace. Each time the hole is staying the same hole. So what does it matter if it gets up to fifty-one percent? Still the same hole. I don't know if objective reality is. So is your point in making it thousand-year gaps between planks, because then nobody would remember it. Yeah, sure. Whatever you want to say. Okay, well, I guess if God were to look at it. I think that God would would not necessarily slap a label on it because God has all knowledge and he would look at it with all the nuance of saying, you know, that that is a ship that occupies the same space, which maybe even that's arguable, but let's say it occupies the same absolute space that an old ship used to occupy. Um, 
it stands in the place where an old ship used to stand or sits or w- whatever. But I would think he would say it's not the same ship. But what do you yeah. say? So, like, you can't just push it back on God, right? Why not? Because you don't have God's, like, you don't have his full mind right now, right? That's the whole thing is we don't have any any objective revelation. You can still argue about it. There's there's all sorts of stuff we don't have. I'm a- telling you, I'm telling you my position. They argue about it. I don't care. It's a position. Okay, so going back to the the human then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so if you're a materialist, then that's you. You're the ship. Yeah, and then uh, so that's planning though, that you're you're changing out uh, electrons or whatever, and it, yeah. it seems like it, it it would make sense that it would still be you, even yeah. though you have different electrons one by one replaced, right? Yeah. Uh, I think he does this too, but I know Swinburne talks about you know re- replacing a half of your your brain and putting another half of someone else's brain. Mm-hmm. Maybe you got uh, twins, twin girls, and you switch half of their lobes, right? Mm-hmm. And you put them in mm-hmm. there. Which one is Susie and which one's Sally now? Do you have do you have two? Do you have is it because they're in that body, right? And then you can imagine triplets, right? And you each one has a third or whatever. I don't know. I don't. I, I guess I kind of hope that God has set a limit there where what you'd be dealing with. I mean, it wouldn't be possible to do that and have any kind of continuity of life. I think, I think it is possible. I can't imagine that it would be. Oh, it's logically possible. Sure. Okay. So, uh, that's Swinburne loves using that move, right? And he goes, so if it's logically possible and he, he makes all these jumps. With oh, that. oh, but, oh, right. But, but again, I'm not a materialist. So, so, I, right, I so know that something else has to be happening them, there. Yeah. So stop defending them then. All right. <laughs> okay. So so that's that's one view. That's the the, the physicalist view. Now there's sure, another sure. view that's uh, a memory view. And you don't you can be a physicalist or whatever you want with this one, um, assuming that you can your philosophy makes sense of uh, memories. So the memory view is that I am a, a continuity. I remember being me. So yeah. I am like the either the sum of all my memories, or mm-hmm. I am the continuation of this remembering thing, whatever that I am my memories. So uh, even though I don't remember being four, I remember being seven. And when I was seven, I could remember being four. So this whole time I've remembered being me, and today I remember being me. And so I have a continuity through my memory. That's what I am. That's who I am. Uh, no, so so, what do you think about that, man? Where, is that a, is that a problem, or what do you think when you hear that? I've got a big, I've I've got a big issue. Well. Huh? Well, I, th- let me ask you this: in these movies where people have their consciousness uploaded to a machine, which huh? happens in movies sometimes, right? And it's sort of this whole like you know the evil billionaire is is going to live on and uh, continue to you know persecute and and destroy. Uh, what they're doing there is really all they're doing, because most of these script writers, I guess, are materialists. All they're really doing is they're taking the memory data from this deceased person. Yeah. And they might even have to do it, you know, the memories will only be alive for 60 minutes after we have to act quickly before the memories are gone. And then they take the memory out of this head, out of this brain, the data, and now put those memories in a computer. But all they've really done is put data into a computer. And now that computer is sort of programmed to act. Yeah. I mean, really, if you look at it objectively here, that's not the same that's not the same person because you're not as a as a physicalist, there is no essence to transfer. 
Well, uh, it's just it, depends data. On, it depends on the physicalist, right? So some people, if you hold to like an identity theory of the mind, then like you are your neurons. Uh, but if you're, but you're not, you're not putting neurons in, you're putting data. Right. So, so that would be a problem for them. But if you're, oh, if you're yeah. a, a physicalist and you hold to like emergent properties that you are this emergent self that yeah. uh, emerges out of the physical, then it's about the, yeah, there's memories or at this higher level yeah. of emergence. Right. And so I don't um, think that's anything. Well, yeah, but all right. A lot of people think that's something I don't think, it, I don't think it's right, but I'm saying like, not every physicalist is the identity theorist. Sure. I, I just of them, a lot of them would say like, well, no, if, if you're a, uh, a functionalist uh, in the theory of mind, you think that um, it doesn't matter what stuff it's made out of as long as it's fulfilling the same function of thinking, right? So, so you're, um, uh, okay. well, this might be behaviorism. There's behaviorism too, but like your thermostat thinks. It thinks that it's too cold right, you know, right now. And so I, I, I think this is completely bonkers. But some people believe this, right? Be, be, behaviorism, is that, it, would that be the same sort of behaviorism? Is that behavioralism, like the psychological school of... They're, they're related, but there's philosophical behaviorism and okay. then there's uh, psychological... It's like, I think Jordan Peterson is a behavioralist. Is that true? Uh, I think he is as well, but... As uh, a clinical psych psychologist, I mean. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. He's kind of hard to, to track down. I think that he he's said that before. He said that, like, he uses that or it's important. I'm not sure that he ever says I am a behavioralist. Okay. Uh, he's a pragmatist. And I think that's why he's drawn oh. to, to uh, behavioralism, right? Cause it's a pragmatist theory of, of psychology. It doesn't matter what internal states are happening. It's all about behavior. I think that's a behavioral. Uh, maybe, maybe well, but maybe. if it is, then it's just pragmatism applied to psychology, which is behavioralism. So yeah, that would fit in with the whole self authoring uh, program he has going on uh i'm not sure but okay, anyway. so so um so with the computer people might might be saying well um as long as you can map out all my neural patterns and you put those into a computer then consciousness will arise emergent property just like i am now and they say well i don't care if it's me that goes on it's this thing as long as my personality going on i literally heard a guy in an interview uh on uh, closer to truth that youtube channel today saying that oh dude if you don't know about closer to you gotta listen it's the best is it good so good yeah good. I, for, I forgot the guy's name but like good good or like so bad it's good no it's it's really good it's uh okay. it's this this old dude that looks kind of like jeff goldblum okay. uh he was a neuroscientist and he interviews philosophers and physicists and theologians sounds, sounds yeah. awesome he's a good guy um so anyways uh this episode sponsored by Closer to Truth, I guess. <laughs> and um, Chirons. So, so this is the this is going back to the memory theory of yeah. the mind. Um, I think this has problems too because I think, you know, if you if an evil scientist, philosophers get a lot of uh, play out of evil scientists. But yeah, yeah, yeah. An yeah. evil scientist. Always putting uh, brains in vats and yeah, yeah, putting people into matrices. That's right. So if if he takes my memories and switch them switch my memories with LeBron James's memories, yeah, like then am I LeBron James? Right, right. Like, and I, I think you'd have to say that if you hold to a memory theory. But oh yeah, just that's you're LeBron James now. Do you think that there's anything to this idea of emergent properties? Like, well, there are emergent properties. Uh, yeah, which are abstractions rooted in the mind of God. Yes. Um, no. Like, uh, 
there's all sorts of really awesome YouTube uh, Instagram pages. Yeah. Uh, that do all this weird stuff, right? Like they put like jelly and stuff. And have you ever seen any of these kind of? They do fun weird stuff. Uh, more like on YouTube. If yeah. you high is one of them, actually. If you high. Uh, <laughs> this episode is sponsored by If You High. I supposedly, I guess, you're supposed to get high and look at this stuff, but it's like trippy, yeah. right? That's the whole thing. The question is, what happens to your brain cells, and do you ever get those back? At the yeah. Point? Yeah. So okay. You'll, you'll never so, remember what you watch on that page. All right. So there you are. You're you're blazed out of your mind, and you're watching this. You're blazed out of your gourd, just watching these things. Just so, watching them. A, a really great example of emergent property happened on one of them that actually did blow my mind. It's a bunch of dice or or die. Bunch of dice. Dice. Die. Die. Dice. No, it's dice. Dice. Dice is dice. the plural of die. Okay. Okay. Cubes okay. that have sure, numbers. Sure. So a bunch of dice, um, zoomed in, right? <laughs> and and you're zooming. Sure. Back sure. Up. Yeah, I, I didn't know what it was, but but now you give me enough information that I can act like I knew it. Yeah, and yeah, and yeah. now you shut up, and I'm gonna keep going. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you zoom out, and and you're seeing all these die, or and that's cool. It'd be dice. It'd be dice. You see individual die, and that's all right. <laughs> that's okay. Whatever. You dice, zoom out. You dice. zoom out. You zoom out. You zoom out. And you see this this beautiful like picture of a woman's face. You like, see it. Detail. All this stuff. You see it. It's it's uh it's observer relative, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Still a property that exists out in the world, whether I observe it or uh, not, it's still there. No. What? Not without God. Who is trying to say without God, dude? Dude, we're talking dude. about physicalists, man. By definition, that's a non-biblical worldview. The, the, all the physicalists can say has to say is, "I'm here to observe it." I'm. I'm not trying to. I'm trying to argue for objectivity because the physicalists wouldn't want to say they don't care about objectivity. I I guess I'm thinking. I, I think I told you about this, but there was a guy who told me that logic. I know it's been haunting you forever. It's been haunting it's me. It's such a bad argument. Me, logic is an emergent know. property of the universe. Take everything all together, and then what emerges from it is logic. And there's your laws of logic. And it was so dumb, and it it threw. It sounded smart. But it was dumb, and that's threw me. That's throwing me for a. Loop. I don't know if it's that dumb. I'm not saying it's like believable dumb. or whatever, but it's, it's dumb because I there's no logic. mind. There's no mind other than God's that could possibly even, you know, comprehend that emergent like, property. You have to deal. You, the, the problem is, I think you have to deal with their view and show the reductio in their view without saying, no, it just is involved. Uh, it, it is just grounded in a mind. You have to show them why. Oh no, no, I, I think you can do that because if there's. If there's an emergent property that requires the entire cosmos for it to emerge, there is no human mind that could possibly grasp that. He's a human mind, therefore he could not possibly grasp logic. Therefore, he has no business talking about if logic. It's grounded. I don't want to. Don't make me argue for this guy's case, man. But if you, if it's part of reality, in that it's not like the sum total of reality, but that it just represents that a book is a book. That wasn't and all you need to do is see a book. No, that wasn't his. His his argument was logic emerges from the whole of the cosmos. Uh, well, then that's dumb. I don't know, man. But emergent properties, there's there are emerg water. A uh, wetness is an emergent property. But in what sense would a personality be an emergent property, though? How, how does that? Oh, work? I'm I'm not that far in my reading. I uh, okay. I'm in this reading class on philosophy of mind, and uh, in a few more books, once I read a couple more, I have a William Hasker. William Hasker is a Christian. He's an open theist. He's a, a rabid uh, libertarian. Um, he's a very, very good philosopher. You think he's, is he 
born again believer in Jesus Christ, our Lord? I think he is. But he, he's an open theist? Yeah, I think that's uh, pretty close to heretical if it's not. Yeah. Um, Me too. I, I think it's a big error. I think you can be a Christian and be an open theist. I, I, yeah, but I think that if I think the smarter and more, more well educated you are, if you continue to hold, I'm talking theologically, and you continue to hold to open theism, like I could see a brand new Christian being like, "Oh yeah, open theism, probably." Yeah, but like if you're a scholar, if you're if you're um, if you're uh, hold to libertarian free will, like I think it's consistent. And if if you have this view of God that like. God, uh, God can't make someone with compatible free will. And so therefore, it's not about respecting man's autonomy as like we would want to jam people with. It's like I want to say that again because it, we lost connections. Can you say that again? Okay, so it's it's not I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. I don't think it's as much about respecting man's autonomy as it is trying to with the open theist, I think it's trying to protect their view of God, which I think is a, a misconstrued view of God. So I think they're trying to say, look, God is not responsible for evil. And the only way I can see to make sense of that is to cut off foreknowledge and the future. And since I don't believe in B theory of time, then this kind of makes some sense, right? So so I, I, I think of these guys, and I used to think, like, that's the enemy. Like, they are, <clears throat> if I see an open theist, dude, and then you, like, you meet some of them and you hear mm -hmm. some of them and you're like, Oh, you know what? You're not as committed to that as I thought. Yeah. Like you're, you're like, here's maybe a pop possible option. And I want to grab on that and go. Ah, oh, you said it's a possible option. I'm gonna, oh, I'm gonna get you. Yeah. And it's like, no, dude, I'm, I'm really trying to be faithful to what I see. And it's like, well, I think you're super mistaken, man. I think that's really wrong, and I think mm -hmm. you need to be careful because, I think you're misrepresenting God and writing books about it, and you might be yeah. leading people astray. Like, it's a serious thing, but it's a serious thing with what I believe as well. You know, like if Calvinism is not true then like I'm misrepresenting God. So yeah. I should be serious with what I believe as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I should study yeah. it really hard. I should, yeah. you know, like, yeah. we all got to do this. Yeah. But not all of us can be right. No, only some Calvinists. Of us, some of us were predestined to be right. Uh, all of us were predestined one way or the other. Yeah, some of us to be right and others. And then others, there. and then there's some were par partially right. We're, we're, we're teasing. We're teasing. I do have to clarify that. I just pointed towards you when I said partially oh, right. You good. see, that's good. I was I did that. ashamed of what I just said. Um, yeah, so, dude, so you know who's going to watch this? The memory theory. Don't say it. The memory theory. Uh, I think airs as well. I think it's good as far as it goes, but I don't know if it goes far enough. So then the, the Christians want to say it's a soul, man. I'm the same soul. Wait a second. You think the memory theory is good? Yeah. I don't see how I still don't see how personality could be an emergent property. It doesn't make a lick of sense to me, but that's fine. Uh, okay, so let me let me think because I've I've read some stuff on Hasker. I think he's probably oh, the, the best at it. Only okay, okay, okay. Let's see if the analogy holds. You've got a bunch of dice that look just like dice with dots until you zoom out, and then the human eye is tricked into seeing, or you could say, is um, why is it tricked? Well. Because it's sort of, it, you know, pointillism is kind of, pointillism is, it, it's basically a pointillistic picture, right? You know, your, your face is a pointillistic picture right now. Yes, yes. Your face, uh, facial expressions are. Hear, hear, hear me, when I say tricked, I don't mean like deceived. I mean like it has the perception that, in other words, we're actually, even though we're actually looking at dots, and this is the part whole distinction, dude. I'm, no, 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 yeah, but, but it depends. I'm, it depends, man, because. 
it's two different realms. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. Okay. No, I, I, it's, I wouldn't say realms. I would say levels of perception or something. Okay. Like but that. it's, then it's not, um, it's not tricked then because you're assuming that the fundamental realm or the fundamental perspective is the diet. Put, put giant scare quotes around tricked. Okay. Your, okay. your mind, your eyes change from seeing the dots to now seeing. Yeah. You're shifting this. perspectives. Sure. Hey, fine. Great. Jeez. Uh, to, to I'm now worried. you're seeing what? That's important. Fine, fine, fine. Great, 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 great. Yeah, you give me enough information now. I'm gonna tell you. Yeah, shut up, shut up, shut up. <laughs> I already knew that. I already knew that. I already knew that. Um, so you, you, um, you now are looking at the picture, but it's. But here's the thing, dude. It's you looking at the picture, and that's the picture is being processed in the mind, and the mind is what is interpreting that two-dimensional series of dots as a two-dimensional picture or three-dimensional picture. And yes, that's the same thing your mind does when your eye looks at all these atoms. And you could just say, well, the resolution of the eye is not strong enough to see the atoms. But, you know, Immanuel Kant, for better or worse, showed us that we do impose categories upon the realm of lived experience, right? So one of those... Uh, I don't know if he showed that, man. Like maybe we're recognizing, maybe it's a, it's a, a square peg in a square hole. You know, it... it doesn't necessarily mean that there's this raw data that we're interpreting. But there is raw data that we are interpreting. No. What? Not if you not if you believe in God that He made kinds, right? Yeah, I didn't made, say I didn't say I didn't say all interpretations are like equally valid or something. But right, your but eye you, does get raw data. You invoked, you invoked Kant as like Kant believes in the the noumena, and you're like the sausage machine turning the raw data into yeah stuff. We don't we don't do that. We recognize no, shapes. No, no, no. Okay, okay. Our our mind is pre-programmed. Look, Kant didn't go far enough. Our okay, mind okay. is pre-programmed to recognize. To recognize. To recognize. Okay, yes. Okay. Not. We're not. You said impose. We're imposing. Well, I guess all I'm saying is, our minds are pre-programmed with certain categories that we look around. We're 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 uh, scanning machines that scan the landscape and look for certain. Uh, patterns, right? Like, but we, the patterns we, do exist out there, right? Uh, the data exists out there. I don't know if you can say the, the patterns certainly do, man. God designed it with an order and a yes, 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 yes. Fine, Thanks. yes, okay, yes. I, but again, I, dude, I, you sometimes do go a little too far in the direction of like brute, the bruteness of. I never would go brute. I, you say you don't, but you think that laws of logic apply to objects, and I. Because a thing is a thing, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fine, but that's that's a person who just just told me that, and that's a mind so that was what? thinking that. If you don't I, believe that, then you're a subjectivist. No, dude. <laughs> uh, say say that again. I'm gonna give you the Tucker Carl's uh, Tucker no, Carl's no. <laughs> You can't. That's not it. That's not, <laughs> do it. Yeah, do there's it, no dude. teeth. It's like <laughs> I, I can't do it. Like what? Like what you're saying? <laughs> Yeah, that's it. Like you, that is the dumbest. Yeah. All right. So, so, uh, so, so, okay. So we're talking about, um, emergent properties and I look at the there, end of the day, there, there are, there are emergent properties. Yes, there are emergent properties, okay. but those emergent properties are nonsensical without a mind. And all I'm saying is a physicalist who talks about emergent properties, I believe is being inconsistent. Either okay. way, neither one of us is a physicalist. Right. I, I think that I, 
my contention right now, which I, I don't think I'm right about this, but I, I don't know enough yet. So why is it your contention? Okay, because here's here's the thing. I think if you, you don't know why hold to an emergent view of the mind, yeah. then your mental uh, uh, mental properties, your mental states, your mental states are grounded in your physical states. And physical states are subject to the laws of physics. Yes. So therefore, all your thoughts are not actually grounded in logic. Right. But they're grounded in physics. They're physically determined. Yes. And yes. that's, and I, I, I think that, but William Hasker is like the leading proponent of emergent uh, mind. I think he's, he's one of the, he's at least the Christian leading proponent. And that guy uses the argument of, uh, the argument from reason against all sorts of determinism and naturalism. So that's why I'm like, there's no way that dude overlooked that. So he is, must have a really nuanced view that apparently gets past that. And I, I haven't read it yet, so I don't want to misrepresent the dude. Is this idea of, I don't want to chase this rabbit too far, but is this idea of physical determinism, is this, how, how related is that to C.S. Lewis's, you know, biological deterministic, uh, argument that we talked about previously on the sons of thunder no that is our, that's lewis's argument is it it, it is yes it's I, I thought lewis just dealt more with biology lewis, rather than like lewis the physical, says, lewis's physical. argument is not uh one argument it's a, a family of arguments that he does okay and uh okay. yeah um what's his name uh victor reppert he he shows that that actually it's actually a bunch. So you could go with like, oh yeah 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 yes okay. it's atoms bouncing around my head or yeah. it's bio, biology fizzing in my brain. Okay, right? okay. Which the biology is ultimately grounded in the physics anyways, right? Well, yeah, right. So, exactly. So it's like a two. It's like a two level. It's a two tiered argument, right? Like, and that's why I just didn't realize that C.S. Lewis, you know, went as far as to talk about literally we're just dealing with laws of physics. I saw I saw a. Um, a comic strip once that my friend who was a math teacher had it. It was like, you know, um, psychology is just applied biology. And then the next guy goes, well, biology is just applied chemistry. And that guy goes, well, chemistry is just applied physics. And the last guy goes, well, but physics is just applied math, you know? And so it's like math is like the best yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. And so really if that's, you know, you sort of trace that out. If you're a physicalist, your mind is just sort of mathematically predetermined. I don't know if anyone's ever, made that argument but that might be a good thing because that gets them then out of physics back into math which is more mental and logical oh wouldn't that be an interesting uh problem because if math is mental but my mind itself is determined by math that would be some sort of weird vicious circle it wouldn't be that bad because then you're de determined to know truth no you, mm, hmm. but the, but no the i know i don't think so I don't think so because what causes my mind to think doesn't necessarily mean that's the content of my thoughts. Uh, if it's well, and that's what we're arguing with the biological determinism. No, all we're saying is that with biological determinism, you simply can't know the truth content or the verit verticality of any of your thoughts. No, we're saying that you don't have a, a, a normative. Uh, you don't have a normative for your belief. You don't have a reason or a justification because yeah. ultimately it wasn't reached by reason. There's no justification you have for holding it. Yeah, it was reached by, you know, material factors, yeah. right? Well, planning I would say you have a defeater for all of your beliefs. Yeah, including that belief, right? Yeah, and so, belief. Uh, the math, the math thing might get you out of that if math and logic are. If you're a logicist, that you think that 
math and logic are ultimately united. But a problem with with mathematics is that if they're abstracta, right? If they're abstract uh, objects, mm -hmm. then abstracta don't have uh, powers. They don't do stuff. Right. They can't right, do right, stuff. Right. So, right. so it's just interesting to to think about that. Yeah. Okay. But so, um, so let's talk about the soul, and we, we should bring this to a close pretty yeah, soon. Yeah, yeah. So the soul, that's what the Christians want to argue. And they say even if it is tricky to understand how an immaterial substance would interact with a material substance, uh, it's still the best we got, and it gives us this continuity. I am the same soul. Um, something that Swinburne talks about, which is interesting, I don't like it, is that, like, well, if the soul is uh, simple – it's uh, what what distinguishes my simple soul from your soul, right? Like what what properties does my soul have that yours doesn't? Because we already said it's not memories. This soul remembers this or that. Like we, memories can't be the the main. Well, thing. it gets into the same question. Well, so he says it's bruteness. It's just it's uh. it's hex hexity. Uh, it's just it is what it is, and it's like. Dude, yeah. I do not like that at all. This, yeah. Well, couldn't it just be this, you know, distinction? Like that's how we when when we talk about the relationships, the relationships between the persons of the Trinity, what makes the father not the son? Well, it's the relationship. The father begets the son. So what's my what's my relationship? What's the because now we're starting to define ourselves by relationships. Yeah. Which are kind of a problem too, because if I no longer have a relationship to my mother, you you do though you you just do like you do. Oh, so in which relationships? Because some some change, like you can get divorced, or you can you know. Well, I don't think of it in terms. Don't think of it in terms of social relationships. More more in terms of um, relations, like uh, like 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 maybe this is just maybe this is going back to bruteness, but. I am me in distinction, in contradistinction to you. You are you. I am me. That's then do I depend on you for my identity? Oh, yeah, that doesn't work. Well, well does it, that work? I don't know. It could be distinction in in God's plan, right? So I, well, I this okay in relation to God, or I am so, me in relation. Dude, what's what's wrong with this view? And I don't know if we're ready to jump to this yet, but look. Colossians 1.17, for in him, speaking of Christ, all things were created, this is 16, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. He is before all things and in him all things hold together. There's another verse, I think it's Hebrews 1.3, which says, which makes a very similar point. Uh, Hebrews 1.3 says, the sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact expression of his nature, sustaining all things by his powerful word. So what holds my ontological integrity together? Can't be my body. I don't I, I wouldn't even say that it could be my spirit because my spirit itself is a contingent thing and something happened when I was born again to my spirit. I don't, I'm not, I wasn't like recreated in the sense of like a new self. Like I didn't cease to exist and now there's a new one. I don't think, but there's some, 
thread of ontological continuity there such that there's been the same Joel ever since, you know, conception to death. And what holds that together? Well, it's simply the fiat of God. It's simply the decree of God. Why not that? Um, I think that that's fine ontologically. I, I mean, I think we'd all have to say that. Is that but, panentheism? No. Because we exist in the mind of God only? No, but that verse does sound like it though, right? Or the first one you, you read. In, 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 him. in him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but but in him we live and move and have being. Is that X? Did you read Acts seventeen? No, I oh, read okay. uh, Colossians one seventeen, which is that great beautiful hymn about the supremacy of Christ. Right, right. All things are for him and through. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, but uh, I don't think it. I don't think it. It supports it. I think it, it sounds like a little bit those kind of verses. But um, yeah, I, I think ontologically for sure. But we still have the epistemological question of me. Like, how do I know that I am the same me? I can say, like, yeah, ontologically, like, dude, I, I think, I, I believe that okay. the Bible is true. I believe that my identity or my existence is rooted in, in Christ holding all things together for sure. But, like, what makes me, me? Okay. What makes you, you? No, 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 wait, wait, wait. You're asking two different question, questions. Questions. What I'm distinguishing makes, between the until like how do I know yeah that I mean okay well what makes you you is different than how how you know that you're you yes? when I'm when I'm saying what makes me me I'm not bringing up the ontological question I'm asking the epistemological question of you know what how, can I discover okay and know what it is that makes me me I think that's memory but we talked about the memory part no no, no. we talked about memory in terms of ontology your me it's not it's not your memory data that makes you who you are but memory is epistemologically a tool that allows me to recognize that i'm the same person i've always been oh uh, that that's not bad man i think that's not bad because then if you switch my uh memories with lebron james i'm still me but i can't know that i'm me right that's not bad yeah. And, and a person with dementia or Alzheimer's is, it's still the same person. And, and now here's the question. What makes that person think about when grandpa had dementia or do you even remember that? I don't remember grandpa before dementia. Okay. I do. I remember he was the same person. So my memory epistemologically tells me that was the same person. God, uh, you know, Christ who sits at the uh, the right hand of the majesty on high, according to Hebrews 1.3, and from that point oversees and sustains all of creation, Christ himself was holding Grandpa together. Grandpa's ideological um, continuity depended on Christ. I epistemologically recognize that fact. He no longer necessarily could but but even he had a sense of that he was himself so you think so well maybe not maybe not at the very end right like yeah but so that so there's this kind of reminds me of i think it's, it's either barkley or or butler one of those empirics he still he still did have first-hand experience i mean he he wasn't right, that's consciousness that yeah 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 yes. doesn't mean he was self-conscious right uh no i'd say he was self-conscious even if he uh, he was self-conscious. He he knew that he was a self. I think. 
Well, I mean, I maybe it's not like I could, you know. Yeah, but but this brings us back to the the problem of dualism, then. So so let's say I, you are a soul. I believe that. I don't think we have to say let's say. So you're a soul, but like grandpa, grandpa's a, a soul. But when he was in his body, he couldn't remember all sorts of stuff that he should have been able to remember. Right. His personhood seemed like he was breaking down. His, like, I wouldn't say his personhood. His 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 vintonness. He's losing everything that was making that made him vinton. Oh, dude! I just had a sad thought. Uh, I don't want to hear a sad thought. No, well, too bad. You're going to hear it. No, I don't talk. As we were talking, I was thinking, man, this this might offend Grandma. Oh yeah. And then, of course, Grandma's passed as well uh, i never went to the funeral i couldn't go to the funeral because lucas got leukemia so i was like oh yeah you know in my mind it's still she's still in my mind she's still out there yeah grandma was cremated you know what what's that which is grandma was cremated too right which is like something right. that that christians probably shouldn't do right according to al moeller I think he might be right on that, but anyways, I love grandma. I, I, I and, would. Uh, I think it's. I think it. Yeah, I think it makes a statement that I'm not comfortable making. But yeah, go on. So, so, um, so I think Butler or Berkeley talked about this. They're like the. They're uh, one of them. Whoever I'm thinking of was a uh, atomistic idealist. So they thought that like all these little. It's almost like monadology, right? Like all these little yeah, monads. Everything's a mind. But to be is to be perceived. No, right? no, no. Everything is minds. Yeah. Minds. No, yeah. that might be monads. Anyways, okay. Butler Barkley said that to be is to be perceived. They're idealists, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, it sounds a little bit like what you're saying. To be is to be Maybe. perceived by God. Well, you know, here's the interesting thing, dude. Reality has a... a, 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 a hmm... Reality at like a subatomic level. Have you have you looked into this before? Reality, subatomic particles behave differently when they're being observed. Do you know this? BS. Yeah. No, it's not BS. It's true. Yeah, I don't think it's true. No, it is. Why do you, why? There's lots of there's lots of uh, cosmologists and so, uh, physicists, uh, theoretical physicists that have all different explanations for it. You listen to Joe Rogan anytime, man. Like they they, they all contradict each other, and some say. Well, maybe it's that we're, it's because we're observing them and our instruments do something different to them. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Yeah. Like but you get like, like a particle becomes a probability wave, basically, where like both outcomes, you know, the, the particle could go through slot A or slot B. But if, if you watch it, it goes through A or B. Is this like Sean Carroll stuff? Like, like many worlds? Say it again. You talking about Sean Carroll, many worlds? No, this is this is our world. Literally, the particle goes through both. If you don't watch it, it goes through like it becomes a probability wave. Like it becomes pure, pure. It becomes something different. It behaves. It's like a wave when you don't watch it. It's a particle when you do watch it. Yeah, something. that's like the debate, right? Is it a is it a wave or is it a particle? But saying that you watching it changes it is woo woo. It's not. You know, a lot of. A lot of quantum physics sounds like woo-woo until a lot you're of like, it is. And the physicists say that it is. They say, dude, this guy is just hamming this up. It really doesn't need to be that complicated. I mean, you're just pulling that. I mean, I'm telling you stuff that like this is stuff that I've learned. I granted I can't cite a source for you, but you're just saying I've heard Sean Carroll talk about this where he's okay. like Okay. I don't know who Sean Carroll is. Who's he's that? he's like one of the foremost dudes in uh theoretical physics. And he yeah. says a lot of this is woo-woo and it's all a bunch of bunk. Yeah, but but he also his thing is the most woo woo of them all. So that's what I'm saying. Where What's it's his like, thing? 
it's called many worlds. And so oh. uh, when you uh, collide particles together, uh, man, I don't know enough to, to sound smart about saying it. But All right, fine. It, it creates different worlds. That's like it creates some, different worlds. That's like some Marvel comp, like Marvel movies. Uh, but, but you're splitting them up. And so there's like this, yeah. this app that he promotes that's like Atom Splitter. And they'll like, you make a decision and you put it in there and they split the atom. They tell you which world you're in. So you make the choice that you told yourself you'd make if it's in B world, if you're in B world or A world. That's kind of like flipping a coin, right? But it's like splitting an atom instead of flipping a coin. Yeah. And it's like you're sloughing off all these different worlds all the time. That's just man trying to play God. It's crazy. It's it's nuts. But okay. Um anyway. Right. So so what do you think about the fiat theory? Man, we gotta bring this to a we haven't even talked about Jonathan Edwards' idea yet. The you slices. Know, do you know enough about that? Do you know about that? All I know is that he believed Occasionalism? Define occasionalism. It's the slices. It's yeah, we are we are temporal slices that's all we are like a like a like a projector like a movie on a projector right sure you look at that and you see oh yeah there's motion but there's not really motion happening right 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 and and literally it's all i mean you take it to its extreme and it's god recreating you every millisecond or whatever the smallest unit of time is and that's really a problem because like god's making you like you're sinning well no it's no more of a problem than god sustaining you while you sin which he's he creating you as a so if he's recreating you so here's one thing if you oh, inherited your sinful nature from your father yeah right and to right. run all the way back okay right. but if he has to recreate you with a sinful nature every right. second like that's a good point yeah that's a good point yeah so occasionalism um well so i just like the fact i think you know in frame's book everyone's a philosopher when he talks about you know he, he asked the question what is creation like what is matter and it's like and of course, he breaks it down and he goes, well, some people think that, you know, even the smallest subatomic particles or waves or whatever are strings. Right. But then, of course, that just asks the question, you know, what are what are the strings made out of? And Frame basically just says, look, matter is simply creation. It's stuff. I mean, so when it comes, it, or you, what, you, you don't like that or you think that's inaccurate? I think that's like cop out. Well, it, it's a, it makes, it's okay. He's not like, uh, physicist neither am i no no no. right but, but, but what, I'm, what i'm saying is you know when it comes down to identity why can't it just be that why can't it be that you know like isn't that kind of it, like a brute fact right uh yes but it's a brute fact that that is see it's not a brute fact a brute fact just is i don't believe in brute facts i know you don't either brute a, a brute the brutest the most brutish that a fact can get is that it exists in the mind of god and because god has decreed that it is it therefore is. But that, you know yeah, what I'm that's not brute, right? That has an explanation. But that's what that's what I'm saying. So yeah. I don't think that there is any fact that's truly brute. And I think that if we're talking about identity, we are because God has decreed that we shall be, and He's the God who is. He's the I am, and therefore we are. I believe that too. Uh, I think it's still a different problem than like knowing yourself. And I think you were right about the <laughs> yeah. memory thing. I think that's. It's interesting, dude, but I'm just saying, like, I don't have all the answers on this. Like, yeah, welcome yeah, right. to the puzzle, you know? Like, Good. this is, I think we can still enjoy and, and be troubled by these puzzles, mm-hmm. even while affirming that, like, dude, God is the creator. Everything depends on him. Yeah. Um, and, and still, without saying, like, oh, don't listen to that philosophy crap. That's nothing. That's going to make you stray away from your faith. Like, no, dude, this is a fun, like, it's God's pleasure to hide stuff. 
yeah. and man's glory to discover stuff. Yeah, that's right. You know? And, and, you know, dude, I mean, I gave this pitch that we were going to talk about Jordan Peterson. Um, the one thing I will say, cause we do have to revisit Jordan Peterson. For sure. The one thing I will say is there's, when we're talking about continuity and I didn't even realize how much this, this was going to relate. Peterson wants there to be continuity, obviously not just in the psyche of an individual over time, but across generations from, you know, homo sapiens today going back in genealogical history back to the lobster. Yeah. I mean, and, and I think his argument works even if you take the evolutionary aspect out of it, because he's going to have to revisit that once he realizes evolution is a dead theory. I mean, anyway, I think that you can look just the very fact that lobster, lobster, um, nervous systems have a lot of serotonin and oxy, whatever. Um, yeah, shoot. I had it ready. Now I look like an idiot. <laughs> it's not, it's way better. Oxy whatever is way more interesting than Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um you know, and it's like okay, well all we have to do is say that's not due to evolution, that's due to God's design. And I think that's what I'm trying to do here analogously, analogically is saying, look, what makes you continuous over time? God's decree. What will mean because you're going to have to exist into eternity long after long after your body t is turned to whatever it's got to you know dust according to scripture from dust he was created to dust he shall return according to genesis yeah so our continuity better be more than physical and even like spatio temporally our spirit is going to leave this world we're going to leave this dimension so we're going to cease to exist in this dimension i guess i mean i yeah well there will still be a continuity but like we bet our soul better be the kind of thing that can con yeah. continue in other in in a completely different type of realm because that's where we're headed you know yeah we're going we're going to the heavenlies after this is done right 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 so i think that it's just you know god's fiat god says god, yeah i i think i want more explanation than that you know what yeah, I, mean? I think like, the, that's fair that's fair yeah but, but yeah. I, like, I agree with that. It's just like, how does that happen, right? And maybe we'll never know that. Is your biggest is your biggest question on this the ontological one or the epistemological one? I think it's the epistemological one because I think the ontological one's pretty easy, right? It's it's God, right? I think Christian, a good Christian, will say that. But like, what? Yeah. Oh, like for the Christian, you you brought it up earlier, but I've I've been wrestling with like, there's a Christian specific aspect to this. It's like, you're a new creation, man. You've been regenerated. You are spiritually dead. Dude. You Dude. could not please God. You were walking in the in trespasses and sin. You, and you loved dead. every minute of it. Yeah. And so now you're different. And so I can be held responsible for what I did prior to conversion. But yeah. afterwards, like, I don't want to do those things. I hate those things. And yeah. if I do ever want to do those, the, the whole, like, cake has switched. You know, like, the the the, the frosting used to be like, Oh, I'll, I'll give God lip service and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The actual cake was like sin, and then yeah. it's flipped now. And so now it's like I deeply want to serve God, and yeah. if I ever do something, it's a thin little layer. They're like, yeah. I'll do it, and I hate it. You know. So you're saying that you know following Jesus is great, and sin is just the icing on the cake. Yeah, it's a it's a real cakewalk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but so what I'm saying is like you are a different person, and you're growing into a different person, and. Like you're trying to not be that person anymore, you know? 
Yeah. You're trying not. You're trying to put off the old self and put on this new one, and do, created in with new desires. That's After the you, craziest thing. That's the craziest thing. You desire against your desires. That's the craziest thing about being a new man in Christ. Think about that. Think about that. You desire. Ah, you, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, of course. You, you're yeah. always acting out of a hierarchy of desires. Yes, and you desire. It's like. But he had I, to. I, 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 he had to flip the desires for you. Oh, amen, right? amen, of course. And reordered them. And yeah. Oh, dude, I was just reading um, the Council of Trent. Have you, have you ever gone through the anathemas of the Council of Trent? No, I, I've never read the Council of Trent. Well, I haven't read the whole thing in its entirety, but the Council of Trent was that, um, you know, that council that met, the, the Roman Catholic Council that met at the time of the Reformation when Martin Luther and John Calvin and Zwingli and Bucer and all these guys were reforming the church. I was well, wondering how many you're going to list off. <laughs> well, Farrell and uh, <laughs> uh, Guillaume Farrell. Yeah. Um, Farrell, man, that dude was a freaking talk about a sons of thunder. That dude was wild, man. He, he a, did. He probably set back the reformation here and there. <laughs> yeah. 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 John Knox too. That dude was, I mean, he, you know, I wouldn't, uh, yeah, I wouldn't want to come across him in a dark alley. No, uh, or in a baptismal font. <laughs> Unless it was a real little one and it was yeah. you, you were holding the baby. Yeah. Um, okay, so the Roman Catholic, um, you know, the Council of Trent, they anathematize, meaning they eternally curse all these different doctrines, and many of them are heretical. Okay, I didn't realize that. But many yeah. of them are, uh, you know, explicitly Protestant, and one of them is like, um, if anyone says that, Oh man, I'm gonna butcher it. But if there's any Catholics listening, you know, sorry. But um, if anyone says that there is no, there is nothing that the will contributes to its own preparation to receive salvation or justification, you know, let them be anathema. In other words, like the Catholic doctrine wants you to find within yourself, pre-conversion, pre-regeneration, the desire to will against your fleshly desires. And we're not going to get into a whole discur discourse on Roman Catholicism or anything like that, but um, the biblical teaching, especially, you know, you look at like passages like Romans 7, Romans 8, prior to our regeneration, we desired something completely anathema to what we now desire as regenerated followers of Christ, and yet still we desire to do the very things that we hate. Still, to this day, I'm still tempted by yeah, sin. Right, we're in that I still already, already not yet, right? Yeah, it's just, it's a crazy thing to me. And so all this to say, next time we do have to talk about Jordan Peterson, but dude, we've got to get into what it means, what what the heck regeneration is. Hmm. We have to talk about that. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is passed away. Behold, the new has come. What? does that mean yeah for real man uh man that was good got into a lot of stuff yeah it was good and yet we actually stayed pretty focused i think because of one of us but uh I didn't one say of us uh yeah because of one yeah one of us makes life worth living what <laughs> It's after hours, dude. Yeah. It's Jesus who makes life worth living, by yeah. the way. 
That's the radiance good. of God's glory and the exact expression of his nature. That's what I was going to say. No, uh, you weren't. All right, man. So all right, I hope that people uh, have an existential crisis about uh, who they are, what they are. I hope are. they are temporally sliced up by this. Yeah, that's good. Um, all right. That's all I got. Okay. All right. Good. I hope it uh, – shoot. Now, real quick. On the count of three, you're both going to say <laughs> – a catchphrase. <laughs> all right. Okay, wait, wait. Let me think about all the stuff we talked about here. Okay, got it. Got it. Okay. Ready? No, I'm not ready. I don't have anything. It's too late. It's after hours. It's after hours. All right. I hope, I hope it, it, I hope it, uh, I hope it caused your there. mind to become an emergent property. Uh, yeah. What was Good. yours? I didn't hear what you said. I'll listen to it later. Good. All, all right. right. Later, man. Later. Thanks for listening to the Sons of Thunder After Hours. At the end of March 2020, we're giving away the book, Myth and Meaning in Jordan Peterson, from editor Ron Dart and published by Lexham Press. Get your entry in this incredible book giveaway by leaving us an honest five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks and God bless.